0: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Now, live and direct from the press box at Old Comiskey Park, it's time for When Football Was Football. Let's join your host, Joe Ziemba, with another forgotten tale from Chicago's pro football history. Let's go! Thank you for that great introduction, and welcome once again to When Football Was Football here on the Sports History Network. I'm your host, Joe Ziumba. This is one of those stories that you simply cannot make up. Happiness, pride, tragedy, heroes, and gangsters all wrapped up in one unbelievable but true story. On this episode of When Football Was Football, we'll dip into our World War II files to share the remarkable exploits of a Medal of Honor winner, whose father turned out to be less than admirable. Or was he? We remember one of America's great fallen heroes and his everlasting legacy to aviation. But how was he connected to the Chicago Cardinals football team? Actually, this program was originally intended to be posted on a significant social media site, but was deleted for some reason. It's difficult to understand how the story of an American hero might be offensive, but we do apologize in advance if the words you are about to hear might prove to be inappropriate. But somehow, we think that you'll agree with us that this is a story that is indeed worth sharing. In the dreary early days of World War II, pilot Edward Butch O'Hare became an instant hero in this country when he solely attacked a wave of nine enemy heavy bombers in the Pacific that were threatening his ship, the USS Lexington. The Chicago Herald American later wrote, the Chicagoan's position was hopeless, suicidal, and according to tactical experts, impossible of even delaying the attackers. O'Hare knew this, but dived toward the onrushing formation. In the end, O'Hare shot down five enemy planes and damaged another, thus assuring the safety of his ship. His actions were so brave and so effective that on April 21, 1942, President Franklin Roosevelt proudly presented O'Hare with the Medal of Honor for his noble actions. His Medal of Honor citation read as follows. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity in aerial combat at grave risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty as section leader and pilot of fighting squadron three on february 20th 1942. having lost the assistance of his teammates lieutenant o'hare intersposed his fighter between his ship and in an advancing enemy formation of nine attacking twin engine heavy bombers Without hesitation, alone and unaided, he repeatedly attacked the enemy formation at close range in the face of intense combined machine gun and cannon fire. Despite this concentrated opposition, Lieutenant O'Hare, by his gallant and courageous action, his extremely skillful marksmanship in making the most of every shot of his limited amount of ammunition, shot down five enemy bombers and severely damaged the six before they reached the bomb release point. As a result of his gallant action, one of the most daring, if not the most daring, single action in the history of combat aviation, he undoubtedly saved his carrier from serious damage. So, what was his connection to the Cardinals? In corporate papers from the Illinois Secretary of State's office, Butch O'Hare's father, also named Edward O'Hare was listed as one of the directors of the Chicago Cardinals football team in the 1930s. The elder O'Hare was a well-known attorney who dabbled in several other businesses including being the partner of gangster Al Capone and the ownership of some dog and horse racing tracks. He was killed unfortunately in an apparent mob hit in 1939 in Chicago. The demise of the elder Edward O'Hare, remains one of the great mysteries in Chicagoland crime history. Who did it? Why did they do it? In fact, a notable Chicago judge, Eugene J. Holland, told the Chicago Daily News after the incident that he would be, in quotes, shocked if O'Hare was associated with gangsters. Still, the murder had all the markings of a gangland hit, as described by witness Peter Zent, who told the Daily News, I looked around and saw two automobiles traveling northeast on Ogden Avenue. One car, O'Hare's, was running parallel to the parkway. According to Zent, a second car followed closely and then pulled up next to O'Hare on his left. He added, The man on the right side of the car was holding a shotgun with his right hand, his elbow braced on the frame of the car. He apparently was pulling the trigger with his left hand. From such a close distance, O'Hare never had a chance, and after he was mortally wounded, his car careened into a light pole and ended up on some streetcar tracks. Despite the apparent implications of being involved with the mob, O'Hare had once said, You can make money through business associations with gangsters, and you'll run no risk if you don't associate with them personally. So O'Hare managed to tiptoe around his business associates where he was president of the Sportsman Park in Chicago, but apparently his participation in the trial of Al Capone earlier in the decade was what prompted his death. The Herald American newspaper reported in 1948 that what none of the syndicate hoodlums knew until 1937 was that O'Hare had helped the government build its case against Capone. As a result, Capone was convicted on tax evasion charges and reported to the Alcatraz prison in 1933. In 1947, Frank J. Wilson, retired chief of the Secret Service, stated, I had one of the best undercover men I have ever known in Eddie O'Hare. However, once the knowledge about the role of O'Hare played in the conviction of Capone began quietly circulating among the underworld, the planning for his murder on November 8, 1939 was put in motion. As for his heroic son Butch O'Hare was feted around the country for his bravery in 1942, but he was anxious to return to action. As he told the Associated Press on April 6, 1942, it will be a relief to get back to flying. Looking at machine guns isn't nearly as bad as facing cameras. Butch O'Hare insisted on returning to the Pacific to do his part in defense of his country. On November 26, 1943, O'Hare was lost in aerial combat and neither he nor his plane was ever recovered. Once again, he selflessly and boldly attacked the enemy, preventing major damage to the US fleet below. Rear Admiral Arthur W. Bradford said, Butch O'Hare with accompanying planes save my formation from certain torpedo hits i am recommending him for a second medal of honor although neither o'hare nor his plane was ever found the heroic son of a chicago cardinal's officer will remain both a legacy and an inspiration into the future and why is that to honor his memory as the first flying ace of world war ii the new tiny airport northwest of Chicago was renamed in his honor on September 19, 1949. There it remains today as O'Hare International Airport. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.